Well, welcome back to this uh, list that changes everything. This list comes from Jesus and has become known as the Beatitudes. And today we're going to study the third item on the list where Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. A while back I, I came across a, kind of a joke newspaper that had a bold type headline that read, the meek inherit the earth. And under this front page headline, the article began with these words. In a surprise announcement this morning, it was revealed that the meek have inherited the earth. It turns out that the actual change in global ownership took place a whole three weeks ago. But the spokesman for the meek was too shy to contact the press. Finally, after applying considerable pressure, a representative for the meek supplied these comments. As you know, uh, the earth was promised to the meek people about 2,000 years ago by Jesus himself during the famous Sermon on the Mount. Apparently, by divine command, we meek now have absolute domination over the planet. At least, if that's okay with everybody, uh, if that's all right with you. I like uh, the fake newspaper because it's kind of funny and because it proves the point that there is a vast misunderstanding when it comes to the true meaning of this third beatitude. Last week, we studied what is probably the most surprising uh, beatitude on the list, blessed are those who mourn. Today, we study the most misunderstood beatitude when Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. So let's start our study by asking, what does Jesus mean by the word meek? And actually in this question, we're not really interested in a definition of the English word meek. We're interested in the Greek word that has been translated into the word meek. And that Greek word is the word praos. But the English translation of this word praos, really the best translation is not meek. It is the word gentle, which is exactly how praos is usually translated in our English Bibles. For instance, in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul gives a list of the fruit, the evidences of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And one of these evidences of the Spirit is praos, which is translated gentleness. But in this beatitude in our Bibles, we get the word meek. Why is that? Well, it's because our translators are giving a nod of respect to the King James Version of the Bible, uh, which for hundreds of years supplied uh, the kind of the phraseology uh, in common phrases such as, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. But in the 21st century use of the word meek, it, it, it ends up being a terrible translation of praos because in the 21st century, meek kind of means shy and fragile and spineless. And this is the exact opposite of the real definition of praos because praos is just like the word, English word, gentle, in that both words imply one who possesses power and strength. In fact, here's a good definition of gentleness or praos. Gentleness, praos, is exercising power within my relationships in a way that is kind instead of controlling. And it may surprise you to think of gentleness as 
power. But prahos and the word gentle both imply the possession of power. And I'll give you an example, the same example that I've given you before uh, when I've defined this word praos for you. Let's say you go to the zoo and you get a terrific view of this massive adult male grizzly bear playing with his little teddy bear cub. You would look at that scene and you would say, ah, isn't that cute the way that Father Grizzly is so gentle with his cub. But you would never say, oh, look at that teddy bear cub and how gentle that cub is with its grizzly father. You would never say that the bear cub is gentle because gentleness always assumes power and strength. A bear cub cannot be gentle because it's weak. But an adult grizzly bear has this massive strength. And so when the grizzly exercises power in a relationship that's playful or tender, we say that the grizzly is being gentle. Gentleness always assumes the possession of power. And the other thing that gentleness always assumes is a relationship. Uh, gentleness is not just some state of mind. It's a way of treating people. But you may be saying, yeah, 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 I get it. But uh, how can I enter exercise gentle power when I do not have any power? Uh, oh, yes, you do. Uh, let me just list a few areas where I have power in my relationship, starting with I have power as a parent. Uh, being a parent is probably the most high-powered position in the world, at least in one person's life, in the child. If I'm a parent, I have the power in my child's life that no one will ever match. I have the power to be the subject of my child's gratitude throughout life, or I can be the subject of my child's counseling sessions throughout life. I also have incredible power as a spouse. When I uh, make a vow to be a life partner with someone, I have a high-powered position in my spouse's life. As a spouse, I have the power to grind my spouse down with contempt or harsh words, or I can exercise the power of believing the best in my spouse or drawing the best out of my spouse with my attentiveness and thoughtfulness and unselfishness toward my spouse. I also have power as a child. As long as my parents are living, I have the power to bring them the greatest joy in their life or the greatest pain and sorrow. I choose to be one of the blessed gentle when I exercise my power to express honor and respect to my parents. And I have the power in a relationship as a sibling. Uh, if, I have, uh, if I'm living at home as a student and I have a younger brother or a sister, I have someone who looks up to me and therefore I have power. Students, you choose to be one of the blessed gentle when you uh, use your power to encourage your kid, brother, or sister, uh, showing interest in every area of their lives, including their souls. Listen, if if you allow your brother or your sister to follow you as you follow Jesus, you just might be the hero that they talk about for the rest of their lives. Then in the work world, I have the power as a supervisor. I can exercise power in kindness and uh, work the best for those who report to me. I also have power as a neighbor, which is kind of a catch-all uh, description that includes my role as a friend, as a coworker, as a church contact. And in each case, gentleness means that I use whatever power I have in every relationship to express God's kindness in that person's life. But 
Here is the problem. The problem is that most of us, most of the time, are not seeking to have gentleness in our relationships. We're seeking to have control in our relationships. Most of us expend our relational energy seeking to control people so that they give us what we want or so they change into who we want. Instead of seeking to be gentle, parents exert control over their kids through threats and critique and through expressions of disapproval. Uh, Kids manipulate their parents through slam doors and silent treatments and harsh words. Spouses seek to change each other by nagging and making demands and uh, speaking harsh words to each other. Uh, Then brothers and sisters seek to exert control over each other through cruel teasing and constant fighting. And if my neighbor or coworker hurts me, instead of gentleness, I try to exert control by retaliating with more hurt. And I perpetuate this cycle of pain that just goes on and on. The problem is that the way I think the blessed life goes is that I need to seize control in my relationships to get what I want. But this does not work. I don't get what I want. Instead, I get frustration and bitterness and anger, and it damages my relationships. So Jesus says to me, no, you have it all wrong. Gentleness changes everything. It is the gentle who get the blessing of what they want. And this gets to what Jesus means in his promise that the gentle will inherit the earth, which leads to our second question. What does Jesus mean? by the gentle inherit the earth. Now, let me go back to 2,000 years ago and tell you that the people who first heard this from Jesus knew what Jesus meant when Jesus said, the gentle inherit the earth. Because those people knew the Old Testament by heart. And they knew that Jesus was expanding on a statement made by King David in Psalm 37. Uh, Psalm 37 is a poem that uh, David wrote. It's more like a sermon in which David contrasts two types of people who both want the same thing. The sermon contrasts people who want their own land and pursue it by seizing control and, on the other hand, people who want their own land but pursue it in a gentleness and trust in God. Both the controlling and the gentle want the same thing, land. But they go after land in different ways. Why do they want the land? Because in that day, land represented peace and security. But these two groups pursue it in different ways. The controlling people pursue this land with aggression and demands and uh, threats and manipulation, while the gentle trust in God and don't try to control everyone and everything. And God's message throughout Psalm 37 is that these controlling people will never get what they want. But on the other hand, the gentle, God will bless them with the land that they desire and God will do it as an inheritance to the gentle, as a father to a child. And the key phrase appears in verse 10 and 11 in Psalm 37. A little while and the controlling people will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. 
but the meek, the praos, the gentle, will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And Jesus here knew what Jesus was doing when he said the, 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 what he said. They understood that Jesus was saying that the the meek, the gentle, get so much more than just land. Jesus says that God arranges things so that the gentle inherit not just the land they desire, but beyond their dreams, they inherit the whole earth. Jesus is saying that the gentle are super blessed by God. Uh, inheritance is something that goes from a father to a child. And as the heavenly father is gentle, uh, this gentle father passes on to his kids who are gentle, not just some real estate, but the whole earth, not the whole bank account. The controlling land grabbers don't get the peace and security they're looking for, but the gentle inherit more than they could ever dream, which leads to our last question, which is, how do I become one of these gentle people? How do I become one of the blessed gentle? To inherit this blessing of the gentle, I must move toward being gentle like my heavenly father is gentle, uh, which is kind of vague. So let me uh, try to be more specific. To become one of the blessed gentle, I must move toward giving affirmations instead of critiques. Uh, researchers conducted a study in which they involved a high school and a high school principal. Uh, and this high school principal called in three of his teachers during the summer and uh, sat them down and told them that uh, since they were his best teachers in the fall, they would be getting a select group of students in their three classes, the br brightest of all the students. And then 10 months later, uh, at the end of the school year, all of the students in the school were uh, tested. And sure enough, the scores of those students in those three classes of the brightest students with the best teachers were a full 30% higher than the students in the rest of the grade. Then the principal brought these three teachers in and told them that they had been part of an experiment. And uh, they, the principal told them that the students that they had over the past year were not the best and brightest. They were just randomly chosen as part of an experiment. And then the teacher said, well, I guess the experiment proves that we are the best teachers. And the principal says, mm, I think the experiment actually chooses, actually shows something different because you were chosen by random as well. And uh, see, what this experiment proves and study after study confirms is that there's tremendous power in affirmation. The students and teachers who were affirmed as the best and the brightest became the best and the brightest. There is power in the gentleness of affirmation. Meanwhile, studies confirm that criticism does not work. That criticism creates a negative cycle of demotivation and defeat. Controlling people through critique does not work. But gentleness changes everything. So I become one of the blessed gentle when I forsake nitpicking and nagging and choose to affirm my spouse and praise my child and commend my coworker and build up my kid brother or sister. And just like the gentle get the whole earth, God super blesses my affirming words in ways that 
changed my relationships beyond what I could ever dream. Next, to become one of the blessed gentle, I must move toward giving encouragements instead of threats. Uh, spouses exert control by issuing threats. Uh, parents issue control uh, over their uh, children by threats. Friends do it too. Uh, recently, I had a friend who didn't like the way I responded uh, to his invitation to, again, spend some time together. And uh, to my surprise, he reacted with a kind of control move, uh, with a, if you don't accept this time my invitation, I'm not going to invite you to anything, anywhere, anymore. And I won't bore you with the details, but I just realized that what was at the bottom of this control conflict between me and my friend came down to the differences in our personality styles. Uh, this is an oversimplification, but really, uh, I think every person tends to fall in one of three different personality styles. The activists, the socialites, and the contemplatives. Uh, activists are the get-it-now-done people who love to be busy. Uh, the socialites are the let's talk and share people who love to socialize. And the contemplatives are the time alone people who love to think and dream. And if you think for a moment, you know who you are. Uh, some of you are activists. And when you tell me that you're going to give me a call back on some question, you mean that you're going to check your calendar and you're going to call me before you get home. In fact, maybe even sooner because you're going to follow up that call with an email and a text to make sure that I got that call. And some of you are contemplatives. And when you say you're going to call me back, you mean you're going to call me back sometime before you die. And... Uh, what happens when an activist meets a contemplative? They get married and drive each other crazy for the entire marriage. That's what happens. And right now the socialites are saying, what did you just say? I was texting a friend. And uh, anyway, my, my friend is an activist and uh, he's come to view my contemplative approach and style as a problem that he needs to control and change with a threat. Uh, and this control battle happens all the time between these three different personality types. And uh, the uh, one personality sees the other personality as a problem that needs to be changed with subtle disapproval or subtle pressure or sometimes not so subtle threats. But this control does not work and it hurts my relationships. Gentleness changes everything through the practice of encouragement. Gentleness teaches me to celebrate people in their personalities. And instead of seeing the other two personalities as a problem, gentleness teaches me to, as a parent, as a spouse, as a child, as a sibling, as a friend, teaches me to stop controlling my relationships and start enjoying them and actually learning from the other personality styles in a, ways, in a way that blesses me beyond what I could dream. Finally, uh, if I want to be one of the blessed gentle, I need to move toward giving grace instead of payback. Uh, the time I grow in gentleness the most is when I get hurt. And 
the controlling person wants to pay back hurt with more hurt. But this does not work. In the words of James chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, a person's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, with praos, gentleness, accept the word of God planted in you which can save you and your relationships. You have someone in your life who has hurt you. How are you going to respond? There are many forms of payback that are very subtle and indirect, uh, just avoidance or withholding my love or withholding my forgiveness or giving the silent treatment. But I inherit the whole earth blessing of God as I become like my gentle heavenly father and I show grace.